Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Tom Santilli coming to you with the Film Survivor Podcast. I am very happy to be back and chatting with you guys about Survivor. There is so much to talk about. Oh my God, I'm I'm uh, I got so many emotions running through uh, my my whole body right now that I just need to get out. And I'm I'm so uh, happy that you guys are here to listen. It's been a minute. Uh, the last Film Survivor podcast that we did was at the uh, season finale of David vs. Goliath in December. Uh, but because of this Edge of Extinction twist and how uh, people were you know, remaining in the game, there were no press interviews, uh, at least with me, uh, this past season, season 38. So we went on a little bit of a hiatus, but now we are back. And we are back today. We're going to be talking all about uh, not only... The Survivor Edge of Extinction, the season, the finale, the winner, but also a little bit about just the state of this show. Uh, I, like I wrote in my uh, Reality T recaps, uh, which I hope everybody's reading, and thank you for doing so, uh, but as I wrote in my recap, this is for the very first time for me, the first time I've been really worried about Survivor. Uh, it was a combination of what happened at the finale and also what we got a glimpse of as far as next season, season 39. So I'm going to dive in all this. This is a spoilery podcast, so if you have not seen the finale or you know you want to get caught up first, you know you can go read my stuff on Reality T, go watch a show, come back and check this out. I do have some interviews coming up on the podcast today. There's your spoiler alert and warning, uh, but here it is, guys. I'm going to be talking today to the most controversial winner in Survivor history, Chris Underwood, winner, sole survivor, voted out on day eight, and uh, he is now the sole survivor of the Edge of Extinction season 38. I'm going to be talking to Chris, I'm going to be talking to the runner-up Gavin, I'm going to be talking to Julie, who finished in the final three, but did not receive any votes to win, and then I have a special interview also coming with Reem herself, the uh, the warden at uh, the Edge of Extinction Island uh, herself. Uh, I requested a special interview with her, and we'll be talking to her too. So there's four interviews coming up. I uh, regret to inform you that I do not have Devins. I would have loved to have talked to Devins. CBS, though, granted me every interview that I asked for, so I can't complain. Uh, when I when I requested the interviews, though, I kind of, in my head, I just assumed that Devins was going to be in the top three. So when I, when I asked to uh, speak to the final three, um, I just thought that I'd be talking to Devins. So that's a bad miscalculation on my part, and I wish that I would have requested Devins by name, but I... Alas, did not. So those are going to be my four interviews coming up, though. We're going to talk to Chris. We're going to talk to Gavin. We're going to talk to Julie. And then we're going to talk to Reem. So stick around for all of that. But here's the deal, guys. Okay, um, where do I start? I'm, I have so many just things flying through my mind that I kind of need to just get everything out. But here's the main crux of it all. I, I really like for – I guess I'll start with a positive. I really like the idea that this finale, the way that this ended – the way that the the idea that Chris ended up being the sole survivor, this really has brought forth some great discussion already in this one uh, day that it's been. You know, it's been less than twenty four hours, and uh, we are already. I love the discussion because it has really brought up the 
really the crucial kind of DNA of what is Survivor and what is a winner and what who's the best player and yeah, on and on and on and on. And my take is kind of complicated, but I'll, I'll try to boil it down for you. First of all, I am a Survivor purist. I am an old school Survivor guy. Uh, my, you know... I started watching Survivor on day one, season one. I've never missed an episode. I've been covering the show professionally since Heroes vs. Villains, which is season 20. Uh, but I've never missed an episode. I'm a huge fan of the game. And, you know, like a lot of you are. I had a problem in general. I love the idea of twists. I'm a constant defender of this game. I, I actually usually start off each season defending whatever new theme that they've come up with because I I trust these guys so much. I trust Jeff Probst because the whole point of Survivor in one way is to evolve into it into kind of adapt and to try new things. And the nature of taking risks is that it's not always going to pan out, right? So, you know, for every twist that they introduce that's kind of cool, you know, they've had some duds, you know, I uh, have also ripped on, you know, like the medallion of power many times, you would not believe uh, to remember that one of the seasons had like a have and have not situation, um, pretty bad, and uh, just, you know, there's been some clunker ideas over the years, but you kind of always regroup and say, you know what, they tried that out, it didn't work, they're not going to do it again, and move on. But the twist has never, ever impacted the game the way that it did this season with the Edge of Extinction. We have had a couple seasons now where we've had the, uh, the idea or the opportunity for people who have been voted out of the game to be able to come back into the game. Never before has somebody ended up winning the game until Chris, having been voted out. The only other person who had been voted out and made finals was Lillian during Pearl Island season uh, who did not win at the jury. Uh, and, and that's where I'm going with this. My frustration right now is not necessarily with Chris at all. Chris, for what it's worth, did, did what he could. He got blindsided at day eight. He stuck in the game and, and you know lived on at Edge of Extinction formed relationships there that ended up benefiting him later in the game. And then when he got back into the game, he totally dominated what he needed to do. He he had an amazing three or four days in the game when he came back to position himself in the end against, let's face it, two, you know, Gavin and Julie, both players that not necessarily would have been known either as great survivor winners, you know, had they have gone on to win. They wouldn't have been known as maybe even mediocre Survivor winners had they have gone on to win. So Chris did what he could and did everything within the scope of the game. It's not like he cheated. You know, there's nothing that he did wrong. And then I also am not necessarily mad at Survivor or Jeff Probst for trying this new idea. Where Where my frustration lies, honestly, is with this jury. Like with Lillian, at that point in the, in the in Survivor history, that was you know way back in the day. There, you know, Lillian okay wasn't a very social player, and you know you guys are probably looking up Lillian if you haven't you know if you're not following Survivor from the beginning. But anyway, the whole idea is she came back into the game as a misfit and uh, went to the end, but nobody you know voted for her to win the game because 
uh, partially because of her social, you know, she had some social issues, but it was also this idea of the integrity of the game, the integrity of Survivor, right? We're not going to give somebody the win and the title of Soul Survivor who has had their torch snuffed. That kind of goes against everything. To borrow from uh, another Survivor, uh, Stephen Fishbach put it perfectly, I felt, I thought, on Twitter uh, after the finale last night, which is basically, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but the, the whole idea of Survivor is that you, the whole complexity of it is how do you vote people out of the game and then get them to vote for you to win the game? That is kind of like baked into what we have known to be Survivor. And they've changed things, and they've changed the rules, and they've kind of adapted, and things have evolved, and we've had voting blocks, and immunity idols, and immunity idol nullifiers, and, you know, hidden advantages, the the whole gamut of things that you can, you know, come up with. But never has anything affected the actual, you know, the core meaning of the game, I guess, is what a lot of people are frustrated with, like me. So... Chris never had to do that. Chris, his survivor experience was not about how who do I vote out and then get them to vote for me in the end. His entire thing was just you know getting, <laughs> getting back in the game and then making sure he got to the end because he knew that if he got to the end and Devin's wasn't sitting next to him that he had a good shot of winning, and he ended up winning. But here's the thing: the jury, which is consisting of more people than we've ever had. Uh, because of the idea that they stay in the game, they get to stay on the jury. There were 13 jury votes. That's a lot more than normal. And if you look at how the votes broke down, you know, a lot of the players that were voted out off first, you know, that were in the jury, like people like Reem and Eric, uh, these people all voted for Chris to win. So uh, one argument is, well, the jury was way too big, and had had they had it not been that big, this vote might have been a lot tighter. Uh, it might have been, you know, maybe Chris still would have won, but it might have been five to four or or six to four or something like that. Uh, the other argument is the, the fact, though, that on the jury there are four returning players that know the legacy of the game. They all are dealing with their own personal legacies. They know the integrity of the game. They all love the game. I, I would not argue against the idea that they all love the game. We're, and we're talking, of course, of, about Aubrey, Joe, Wentworth, and David. Of those four returning players, even three of them voted for Chris to win the game. And again, here's my argument, and I've heard it all. And again, I know I'm jumping around, but my mind, that's where my mind's at. I'm just kind of all jumpy and and, and really passionate about this. But, you know, the argument that, well, yeah, but he did more in those three days than Gavin or Julie did in 39 days. That may be true even, but he didn't play the game of Survivor. I'm sorry. He was in the game, the game, for 12 or 13 days. The edge of extinction is tough. I would not say that it isn't. I don't want to be out there myself. That's for sure. That being said, of the, you know, all the people that ever went there, only two people quit. It wasn't hard enough, you know, for people to, it wasn't like everybody was dropping like flies and somehow Chris was like a lone survivor kind of a situation. He did what he had to do, of course, but he got he got back into the game. But what an unfair advantage to be able to spend time with the jury outside of the game only to return to the game. 
and yeah, again, he I'm not taking anything away from what he did, you know, but, but, and it's a big but, it's not the game of Survivor, is what I would argue. He didn't win the game of Survivor. He won some other version of the game, but it isn't, to me, something that Survivor purists should be proud of, and I can't believe that this jury wouldn't also see it like that. There are a couple people, and I don't know why, what the reasons are, and I guess I'm only going to be able to talk to Reem about it and figure out what she was thinking when she voted for Chris, but I just don't understand. I mean, I, I feel like it's almost like when you watch college football, you know, and if you lose a game late in the season, it means so much more than if a team lost a game early in the season. Because it's all about kind of like people's memories are short, and it's like what has happened lately that you care about. So I feel like everything that's happened is just like affected the jury. This was a very dramatic thing, the fact that he got out Devins in the way that he had played the game and the couple days that he had been there. But still, man, I don't even know if this is coming across clear. <laughs> but I'm just trying to tell you that I think that Chris winning is a travesty to the game, and it's nothing against Chris. The concept of the show, too, this was like a high wire act is how I kind of looked at it. Going into finale, I wasn't against the idea of the Edge of Extinction. I didn't know, you know, I don't know if I loved how it played out necessarily. I love that it kept characters around like Reem that we got to know who we wouldn't have known otherwise. There was some drama, you know, from the Edge of Extinction, but I don't know if it played out as good television. I wasn't really looking forward each week to them cutting away to the Edge of Extinction. Um, you know, but I just feel like that being said, I, I wasn't against the concept of, of it, but it was just on a high wire act. It could have pulled it off. You know, Devin's was just a few flickers of fire, a few flame flickers away from none of this being an issue. <laughs> you know, if Devin's wins that fire making challenge, he goes to the end. He's a clear winner. He's a satisfying winner. And I'll get to that in a minute. But Chris would then go down as maybe having make, made one of the biggest blunders in the history of Survivor, which is giving away his immunity necklace only to lose the fire-making challenge. I mean, he'd be like in, in the highlight reels next to Eric uh, Reichenbach. Now, I know what you're saying. You're probably saying, now why is Devin's, uh, you know, a winner when he, he too was voted out? I'm in the minority in thinking, yes, that like I actually feel like because Devin's was voted out, um... I think he would have been a satisfying winner. I think he did a ton. I think he was working harder than anybody in the game, especially in the last half. And he totally brought it. He's like the all-star of the season, and I absolutely love Devins. Like, don't get me wrong. But he was voted out of the game once. If I'm on the jury, I don't care how much of a floater I think Gavin or Julie is. I, I vote for the person that I feel represented the game the right way and was the best player. And if you can stay in the game for 39 days and never get a vote cast against you like Gavin did, I'm going to vote for you in the end. So, yeah, I'm in the minority in saying, yeah, you know what, I'm going to vote for uh, Gavin over Devin's even. But Devin's at least, at least would have been a satisfying winner. People know Devin's. People who watch a season, there would have been a payoff if Devin's would have won the game. Uh, he's a likable guy. He's going to be back. Chris, on the other hand, was mainly, he was basically featured in four episodes this season. Four out of 14. The first three episodes, he didn't really get much airtime. We got a glimpse of him here and there on Edge of Extinction, but none of us really even knew Chris 
a lot of us had to kind of look him up when he when we got back into the game. So here's a guy that nobody knew, nobody was thinking about. Then he gets back into the game. He does all this cool, crazy stuff, and then all of a sudden he's sitting at the end. I just feel like it's the most unsatisfying way that the game could have ended. The high wire act ended with a humongous disaster as it fell off the high wire and crashed and burned. And this is, again, just my opinion. And it pains me because I'm a huge Survivor guy. I love Survivor. And I'm usually defending Survivor to the end. But it just is what it is. I could go on for hours and hours and hours, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, I do, though, want to say that part of my frustration also stems into looking forward to next season. Uh, this, you know, not only did the game end in the way that it ended with Chris and, and just a feeling of overall disappointment, but then you glimpse forward and boy, does next season look like a train wreck waiting to happen. The Island of the Idols. And by idols is a play on words, although I'm sure we'll see many hidden idols as well. But, uh, you know, if you missed it, it's Boston Rob and Sandra, uh, two of inarguably the best survivor players of all time in my mind uh sandra the only person to have won twice i will defend that till the end of end of time uh so she's at the top of my list and then boston rob again who's just boston rob he's the the survivor legend they're both back but not to play the game they're just going to kind of live on the island apparently and act as mentors this just doesn't appeal to me at all and uh I look no further to seeing the huge busts of their faces. <laughs> um, they, they built huge totems of both of their faces on the island, which I think is a little bit ridiculous and kind of self-serving. And then I could have went without, like, you know, the tagline from Boston Rob was, Survivor School is in session. Just the whole thing was just like, I'm worried. I'm worried about Survivor. Tell me I'm wrong, guys. Comment. Leave your comments. Look me up on Twitter at Tom Santilli. Uh, check my stuff out on Reality T and comment. But tell me I'm wrong because I want to be wrong. But right now, this looks like Survivor is really like up against the wall. Like, have they finally ran out of ideas? The show's been on the air, guys, for coming on 20 years. They could easily wrap it up with a season 40, you know, huge finale, and then call it call it a day. But we'll have to see. That being said, uh, I got some more stuff to tell you, but uh, we got some interviews coming up. Why don't we get to a couple right now? So uh, I'm going to talk to him about it. I'm going to try to be polite uh, you know, and respectful, but I'm going to have to ask questions that I need answers to. Uh, but we're going to talk to Chris. Then we're going to talk to uh, Gavin. Then we're going to talk to Julie. And we're going to finish it up where we started with Reem. Lots of other cool things going on, guys. I want you to stay around to the end of the podcast uh, and let, uh, you know, let you guys know what else is up. But it's really cool to be back. It's good to get this all off my chest. And uh, I'm really, really, truly interested in hearing what you guys have to say. But without further ado, let's just get right into the uh, interviews. Again, follow me at Tom Santilli. And uh, check me out on Reality T. And also, guys, I am a... Uh, producer of a TV show. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a film critic and uh, the host of a show called Movie Show Plus. Since the last time I talked to you guys, it's actually blown up. It's one of the 
not one of the, it's the number one rated local show on uh, TV20, which is an ABC affiliate in the Detroit area. It's a show all about movies, and we just started our third season. People all over the country can watch Movie Show Plus at the website. It's movieshowplus.com. You can also read all of my new uh, reviews there. I'm also a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic, so if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and just search for my name, Tom Santilli, you can find all of my reviews on Rotten Tomatoes as well. But check out Movie Show Plus. If you guys love movies uh, and need something to get your mind off of this debacle uh, that was the Edge of Extinction finale, uh, there you go. I just gave you an out. But without further ado, let's get into the interview. First up is Chris. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? Chris Underwood, the sole survivor of Edge of Extinction. How does that sound? Uh, still getting used to it. It's a pretty <laughs> surreal feeling. Chris Underwood also survived uh, the, the finale party, uh, I would imagine. How, how, how did that go? Uh... I am in recover. I'm in the recovery room right now, <laughs> to say the least. I'm uh, I'm I'm working working through this working through this thing with a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably probably a good plan. Um, so I got I gotta address it right off, right off the bat, man. So I'm sure that you know this has been a question that you've had to answer, but a lot of people, you know calling this a controversial win um that the fact that you were only like in the in the game part of the game you know for like 12 or 13 days um tell people why you are a deserving uh winner of of the soul survivor title um yeah this was a really aggressive season and there was there were aggressive players um you know strategically out there and they're I had to take really, really big swings, and I knew that the swings that I was taking, I was, I had to either hit a home run or strike out. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a, a make contact. Like I had to either yeah. hit a home run or strike out, and I had to do that at every at bat. So I had four at bats, five at bats, and I had to hit a home run every single time <laughs> if I had a shot. Uh, I think I did that, and the uh, the jury was not. Um, you know, it was not easy. They were undecided even until that final tribal council. So I really had to, to articulate why uh, I did what I did and the motives I was, I was why I was doing it. And uh, when they started to see that, I think the tide started to change a little bit. Sure. But uh, from a, yeah, from a gameplay standpoint, the, the quality of the moves um, was, was um, bigger than the, the quantity of, of, of moves or the, um, you know, the time I had, I, I couldn't do anything more, um, or less. And, and that final fire, I was okay giving my, I'd, I'd kind of relinquished, you know, the outcome at that point, I was either going to vote for Rick or I was going to sit in the final three. Like there was, Mm -hmm. there was one of two options. And so I was okay with both. So taking that final, that final swing, uh, taking off my necklace and making fire was, was, a was, you know, not a hard decision for me. The do you really think then, like you said, the jury you felt was undecided. Do you feel like what tipped the scale for you to win the game was your your final jury kind of performance? Yeah, um, just being able to articulate why I did what I did, um, and ha- I was, I mean, I was really um, at the very least trying to let people know, like, like this, 
this season was such a, um, a you know, a wild season where every big player uh, was, was getting, you know, eliminated. Like it was an aggressive season. And I think you have to, you have to cater to the, what the jury uh, wants and, and on some seasons, the jury appreciates passive gameplay. And on other seasons, the jury appreciates aggressive gameplay. Mm-hmm. And and Julie and Gavin just played a more passive game uh, throughout the throughout the entire season. And so um, I I made point of that, you know. And and uh, and you have to you have to play to the to the you have to play to the ego of the jury. You know, they sure. they they want to feel like they they made an impact in the game and so um i i do believe that the final tribal was the 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 tipping point there wasn't there wasn't some alternate reality where i was i had sealed my fate on on fire making like i really needed to articulate why um the you know the motives for for why did Lauren play her idol for me? Why did Rick give me the second half? Why did I decide to take off the necklace? What does that mean? Like, what's the impact of those things? Sure. Um, and then, you know, uh, what, what, how did I, I get back in the game? You know, those, there were some really, really big kind of monumental things that happened, and I had to play it flawlessly if I had a shot. Um, and, uh, and then I had to articulate how and the how and the why for, for a bunch of really smart people. The um, some survivor purists out there, even Devons, who you know everybody was calling the front runner. Some survivor purists would say that if you get voted out, if you get your torch snuffed on Survivor, um, you shouldn't be the winner of Survivor. Like they can't get over the fact that you know somebody was voted out of the game and then came back in. What do you say to people with with that uh, mindset? Uh, the game is. Uh is always going to, to, to change. And as soon as you think you know, uh, you're further away from knowing than you were before. I mean, to the survivor purists, the, 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 the loyal fans, you know, the days of a 16-person jury with no merges and no, no, uh, no tribe swaps and a eight, an eight-person jury, like those days are gone. You know, like it, the game changes and that's the beauty of Survivor. It's why... We love it after 38 seasons because we have can have controversial conversation about um, the boundaries of the game and how those change uh, from season to season. Sure. So yeah, I'd say to those people, um, you know, don't forget you don't you don't know it all. You know, you, uh-huh. the, the the more you think you know, the less you really do. Sure. And this season really uh, proves that. With you know now basically you're saying you have to adapt to the game and the game changes and you kind of have to work within the rules of the, of the new the new rules every time that it you know the game happens. So within that framework, was it a mistake knowing that the Edge of Extinction is still in the game? Uh, you know that's you're still playing the game. You have to you know uh, you know you're, you still have a chance to get back in at that point. Was it a huge mistake for Kelly to tell everybody about Lauren's idol because that information ended up being key for you? Yeah, I, I think that I think that it's hard to say whether it was a mistake or not, um, because whoever I mean it was you don't know. I mean, it it could have been I think it was uh a part of, of Lauren's, you know, gameplay that that uh um 
you know, part of Lauren's gameplay that unfortunately it, it didn't, it didn't work out for her, but every person, there was some person who was going to use the, the knowledge they'd received the entire game and, or the entire time on the edge of extinction um, and, and try to work with what they had. And so it, whether it was me or Kelly or someone else who, who used that, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was a mistake, um, but it was definitely something that was kind of like a game-changing piece of information. I mean, it was definitely sure. something that was, was big. Um, I, it's, I'm, I'd be hard-pressed to say that it was um, a mistake because that, I mean, I, out there, like, that, that's, the whole, that's the whole part of it is, like, it's, it's, it's easier for information to slip, you know, so it's hard to say one person's piece of information, you know, they should have kept that, but not yeah. these other parts, right? So it was kind of just a part of the, the. Um, it was it was kind of a, a part of the, uh, the culture of the edge of extinction, if you will, that I, that myself and Aubrey and Reem played a direct role in. I mean, in the beginning, we were thinking of, of w- w- there's two there's two ways to, to build culture around the edge, and and the first one is to be uh, a jerk to people and try to get them to pull the mast and make this thing miserable so that there's less people you have to go against at the end or make it as bearable as possible for everybody um, and make it like an environment where they can kind of like naturally come to and as they naturally come to, they're going to naturally say uh, say things and, and whoever gets back in, like I was using uh, information as my, you know, as my, my key my, my, my cheat sheet, if you will. Yeah. And, and that was, that was a part of it. So, you know, it was, it was a very unique game kind of change in strategy, but it was one that was really important. The, uh, you got nine votes to win, um, to Gavin's four. Was that a surprise to you? How did you feel leaving final tribal? Did you feel like you had won the game at that point? Were you surprised by where the votes fell and how they fell? No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised actually. I mean, I, I, I had, like I said, I had no idea going into it who was going to vote for me. Um, but once I, once I told my story and and it started to feel like the jury was was catching on to that, um, I, I was. It was kind of funny. I mean, I would ha- literally probably say I was like sixty six percent comp. Like I was two thirds, okay. right? I, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't 50-50, but I definitely wasn't 100%. And then to have the votes read that it was like 9-3, to three, you know, falls right in line with about a 60-70%, um, you know, uh, win there. Uh, so I was, yeah, after, afterwards I, I was pretty, um, pretty spot on with, with, with the odds on, on that one. And so, uh, but you never know. Like you have someone like, when you have someone like War Dog on the cast, you never know whether they're pulling your leg or telling you the truth until right. all is revealed. So I was like, if you, if you're, if you're telling me, but like you're, you're playing the sickest joke <laughs> for this year, you know? Um, but it, it, it ended up, it ended up coming into fruition. Well, you know, you won the game, obviously. Uh, my last question for you, my time's running out here, but uh, my last question for you is the fact that, you know, going into the game, this couldn't have been the way that you, uh, had envisioned things going. Um, you didn't get to play the traditional game of Survivor for you know 28 days of, of your time out there. 
what parts of your game do you do you have any regrets as to what you missed out on you know uh, not being you know a part of things like the loved ones visit or you know things like that was there was there any parts of the game that you wish uh fans would have been able to know about your game yeah yeah i mean um i it was it was hard being out there for 36 days and the first reward i got was a stake on day 36 like that was that was hard you know um the experience I had was so different um but it was really came full circle for me I mean it was it was what I asked for going into the game I asked uh for the the chance to 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 prove myself and and I asked for the the in in some weird way try to you know enjoy the the process and and kind find a little bit of of peace where I could and the edge of extinction for me was that was that piece and it was the the learning um you know the the personal the self-reflection that i was uh was hoping to get uh inside of the game and so yeah i definitely would have loved to have you know at at the time my my girlfriend now my wife you know i, I would have loved to 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 be able to have her on a loved one's visit i would have loved to have merge feast um and who knows you know maybe a future maybe a future of season, season of Survivor, I might get that. Um, but at, at this point, the, the whole experience was, was full circle for me, and I, I really couldn't have asked for anything more. Well, Chris, congratulations again, man. Uh, you're the winner, and uh, best of luck to you moving forward, and I hope you get uh, lots of coffee today. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, man, take it easy. There you have it. That's Chris Underwood, the sole survivor and winner of the Edge of Extinction Season 38. Next up is the runner-up, Gavin, who got four votes to win. Wasn't enough. But uh, here's my interview with Gavin. Gavin, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, congratulations on surviving uh, the finale after party. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Barely. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a different night, you know. <laughs> um, no, man. So, hey, I was I was rooting for you here. I want to kind of jump right into things. So, what are your thoughts? Um, obviously, I'm sure it's you know disappointing on some level that you didn't win the game. But what do you think about the idea that uh, you know that Chris ended up being the winner of your season, having only you know been in the actual game for twelve or thirteen days? Um, you know, n- nothing against Chris. Chris played the hand he was dealt, and he played it great. But, like, in my mind, you know, whenever I think if I'm voting for someone to win Survivor, it's someone who survived the 39 days. It's someone who, I mean, essentially, like, I, going into tribal council, you know, I thought I was going to win because I had marked, you know, mm-hmm. the checklist. You know, I survived yeah. 39 days, didn't receive any votes. That shows how good my social game was. I won immunities. You know, so it was, well, that was dealt. Might, might have been against me a little bit, and Chris played it to his favor. So, you know, can't be mad at Chris for doing what he needed to, but, you know, it, it is disappointing on my end, that's for sure. Was Was there a point during the final tribal where you could, like, feel maybe that the jury was more receptive to Chris winning than maybe you had thought going in? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think, and you know, it even showed it in final tribal council last night. Whenever Chris was talking about wanting to play a classic game of Survivor, and I rebuttaled and said, you know, well, classic Survivor is surviving thirty-nine days. Mm-hmm. It's not getting voted out on day eight and then receiving an idol, and you know, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever I said that, you know, some of the jury members who were part of the Edge of Extinction, you know, kind of chimed in and you know, cut me off and made sure. I realized, you know, I don't know if it was out of line me saying that, but whenever I felt like they they were just at Chris's defense, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I kind of realized then, like, I'm not being trouble, you know, because the, these people were on the edge of extinction. So if I'm belittling Chris's experience right now, then I'm belittling their experience. Sure. And, and, and I, I think whenever they're voting for a winner, they're not going to want someone who's belittling their experience or to make them feel like less of a survivor player. Yeah, that's what I think was a big part of it watching it was, you know, the jury could all see themselves in Chris. You know, had one of them made yeah. it back into the game, that would have been them up there that they would have been wanting people to vote for. Um, that seems exactly. like an uphill battle, right? Yeah, and, and that's what I think, you know, before going into Final Tribal Council, you know, I thought I had the advantage. Mm-hmm. just because of the stats, like looking across the board, and I thought, you know, I've got this. And, uh, you know, but I, I misread the jury because like, the things I think about now, the people who didn't vote for me are some of the same people that I, you know, I blindsided. I had a hand in voting out. You know, I was one of the decision makers. So, you know, like before I went into final tribal council, I thought, you know, I've got Aubrey's vote. She's going to respect. I, I'm in the same. I'm in the same place as Aubrey. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm thinking back to Co Wrong. Like she's going to respect that I was grinding for 39 days, mm-hmm. and I didn't get her vote. I didn't get Ron's vote, who I was close with, but I ended up blindsided. And I didn't get Eric's vote, who I was close with. Close with. Didn't get Victoria's vote, who I was super close with. You know, mm-hmm. so that right there, that should have been eight votes. Yeah, that. You know, so I guess. I just I misread the jury and the people that might have been had feelings of you know anger towards me for voting them out or whatever. You know, Chris was able to play the hand he was dealt, you know, and get to know them on a human level, and that might have helped him in the final tribal council because like you know if he didn't do anything wrong to them because Chris didn't have a hand in voting them out. You know, so yeah. all they see Chris as is a, in a positive light. The. Uh... You know, you 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 had kind of pointed out that Victoria was like the the key person um, in the game with you. Uh, would you have uh, sat next to her at the end? What would your case against winning over Victoria had been? That's 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 a great question because you know me and me and Victoria, I think we were playing the exact same games. Like we were making decisions together. Mm-hmm. I think the only decision we didn't make together was the Kelly Wentworth vote. But, you know, like we were super close, but it was a matter of, uh, you know, in that final tribal council, I would like to ask everyone who they trusted more. Like, who did they feel more connected to? Because I still believe I played the best social game. Mm-hmm. And out, out of everyone there, I think my social game was above and beyond that. You know, I think it speaks magnitudes because I never received a vote. It's not because I wasn't a threat, because I was winning challenges just like these other guys. It doesn't matter. They saw me as someone who was in their corner instead of someone they needed to go up against. You know, watching your game, you know, I felt like you really were playing the game the whole the whole way through, but I felt like there were time and time again there were scenes where you would really have a plan of like, you know, you would have strong convictions like, you know, we need to vote this person out next. But somebody would always kind of come along and like kind of trump over your 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 thoughts 
and kind of go right. more with what the group was going, and then you would kind of just kind of go along with with that. Did did you feel out there that you you know do you feel like you didn't have like the convictions to kind of or you didn't want to step on people's toes by trying to like you know really put your foot down and say okay no this is what has to happen it, it just explain that part I, of your game I, I, yeah i was gonna say i think that is the thing is whenever you try becoming a war dog war dog type player mm-hmm. you know if i get has if it has to go your way then where did that get war dog you know right. it got him sent to the edge of extinction like he has to be adaptable and i think that that was one of the strong suits of my game is if things didn't go my way, I was able to pick up and I was able to form new bonds. And it was like the night Kelly was voted out, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I thought my game was down. I thought my game was down the drain, but I picked back up and I was in a power position the next day. I can remember the night David Wright got sent home. He looked to me and he said, "If I get voted out tonight, you're gone tomorrow." And I and you know I told him, you know, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but I knew in my head, you know, and I think that's the thing is these people didn't realize like how safe I knew I actually was. Yeah. You know, like I, I knew, and I couldn't tell David that right then, but like I knew that I was in a power position then, like I was already in a new line. So, you know, that that's the stuff that sucks is you can't blow up your own game either at Tribal, but, you know, because if you're one of these loud, boisterous personalities in Tribal Council, then you're going to become public enemy number one. But also, you know, you have to be able to relay what's going on. So it, it, it's tough to maneuver, that's for sure. It, it w- definitely would have helped, you know, it would have given you just a little bit more of a boost if you would have been the one to beat Devins at a fire-making challenge. But when Chris decides yeah. to g- give up his immunity necklace to Julie and then do it himself, what's going through your mind? You probably were kind of, I would imagine, a little maybe pissed off that that was happening. Like, really? Uh, I, I was pissed off. That's the, that's the exact way to describe it. But the thing is, you know, I knew there's a possibility that, because in my mind, I thought, you know, Chris has to do this. He has to make something up for sitting on the edge of extinction for 28 days whenever I've been out here playing the actual game Survivor, you know. Mm-hmm. So I knew that there was a chance that was going to happen, but I, I think if I go to fire and I win, like, I have to win the game. You know, like, someone surely to goodness would switch their vote, you know, because I thought going into it I had I had more votes than I received anyways. Yeah. Uh, if I couldn't, if I couldn't have swayed three more of those people, then it was a lost cause. We shouldn't have had final tribal council, you know. Right. Like there, there's not my gameplay. Like I stand by every decision I made. It got me exactly where I wanted to be, and I wouldn't change anything about my game. Besides, you know, have an opportunity to make fire at the end. The I, I want to keep coming back to this too because it's all that everybody's talking about. You know, it, you're a fan of the game of Survivor. You know, clearly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's hard when you're in the position that you're in and you're playing the game, but I kind of looking back at it as a fan, um, do you like when survivor takes these kind of risks, like this whole edge of extinction, um, or even looking forward to next season, how it, you know, a lot of people are kind of, you know, curious how that's going to play out with like the two mentors. Do you like these major risks that survivor is taking to evolve the game or, or do you feel like it's going a little bit too far? You know, the the game I fell in love with whenever I was eight years old was classic Survivor. You know, like that, mm-hmm. that's, that's what pulled me in, and I feel like that's the type of game that I played. So I can't choose what season I'm going to be on or anything like that. I could, if, I, if I was watching Edge of Extinction as a fan, I might think it's the greatest thing ever. But, like, my game, whenever I was out there, I knew it was bad for my game. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw Aubrey and Wendy and these people I just voted out, Walking back in, I thought this isn't good, you know. Uh-huh. Sure. So, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and for for next season, I'm excited to see it. Like, survivor, survivor. It's going to be good to me no matter what. You know, I do sure. love the game. But, you know, there there is the big part of me that just loves the classic survivor. That's what I fell in love with. And, you know, that, that that's what draws me in is just that classic outlet outplay outlier. So I got to ask you this too about um uh, please tell me and, and my listeners about all of your uh, the Disney stuff that you do. My sister is actually a Disney travel agent and so she wanted to make sure that I mentioned to you uh to give a plug to your uh, Disney stuff. Yeah, so we uh <laughs> we do like me and my wife we just went to Disneyland and uh I'm actually I'm going to be starting like a small shop selling like theme park and spark clothing, you know. Sweet. I like just, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm excited for that. But, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just a Disney super fan. Like, I don't know. It's almost like Survivor. It's just one of those things I fell in love with whenever I was a kid and just makes me feel good. So that's one of those things that I'm always going to love, just like Survivor. I like that one episode you got to plug in. That you, you mentioned Disney World in one episode. Yeah. My sister instantly texted me yeah. and was all excited. <laughs> and I was going to say, I was afraid I wasn't going to have any confessionals this whole season because the only things I talked about were food and Disney. <laughs> you know, so I was glad that I did get shown in the show because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be their worst nightmare for editing. <laughs> hey, man, well, um, it was super, super cool to watch you on the show and also to get the chance to talk to you today. Um, I'm sorry that you didn't win. I'm a survivor purist myself, right. so I was pretty upset last night. Um, and uh, well, I, I appreciate you watching. It was a fun season, no matter what. I, I agree with that for sure, absolutely. And uh, best of luck to you, man, with the with the Disney shop and uh, and everything else you do. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, take care. So there's Gavin. Uh, now we move on to Julie, who was the third place finisher. She uh, got to the final three, received no winning votes, uh, but uh, we're going to talk all about that and her perception and uh, everything that went on with her game. Let's get into my chat with Julie. Hey, Julie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am really good. It is very cool to talk to you. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I want to jump right in. So tell me about your expectations going into the final tribal and then coming out of final tribal yeah i mean going into the final tribal council i feel like i was pretty realistic about my game and how i played it and how the jury probably uh looked at it and i i i kind of knew that i wasn't gonna you know i wasn't gonna win at that point and i i feel like there's so many looking back, it's so easy to look back and think, oh, like, here's all the things I should have done. And, you know, I know that it's like a fine line that a player has to walk. And I feel like I knew juries reward very aggressive gameplay. And I was a much more subtle player than that. And on my season, we saw like all these aggressive players that were considered big threats get like taken out one by one, like Mm -hmm. back to back, like David, Kelly, War Dog, Ron. And I think I instead stayed more in the shadows and probably a little bit out of fear of making a move that would get me voted out when, like, it took me 18 years to get to play Survivor (laughs) from when I first applied. And I think I had this mindset too much that I didn't want to do anything to risk getting um, voted out or feeling like I failed or disappointing my family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's sort of how I played the game looking back at it and, Survivor juries don't tend to reward subtle players. And I know I should have been, you know, making a lot bigger, flashier moves 
been more aggressive, but, you know, that's not my true nature. And under all of that, like, physical, emotional stress, like, it just makes it even that much harder. Sure. So, you know, and, and obviously juries don't love emotional players either. Like, I've seen it, and clearly everybody saw how emotional I was right in front of the jury at that tribal council, you know, running around yelling, I'm jumping ship, I'm jumping <laughs> ship. It's, that's never a good look. But, like, I don't know. In the end, like, I have no regrets. I, I was true to myself out there, and I, no matter what happened, I know I got no votes. Like, a little disappointing, but I, I, I kind of assumed that that may happen. I've seen it before many times, yeah. and I'm still, like, so proud of myself and so happy that I made it all 39 days out there. Well, I, I think you did you did well, like you said, too. And the thing that bothered me, though, watching it last night was it's one thing if people are going to say, hey, Julie, we're not going to vote for you because you play too subtle of a game. But I, I kind of didn't like the idea that they blamed it on this idea that you were too emotional. Because in, in some ways, I guess, could you address that? Some people think that there are, are some like sexist elements to the game. Um, for example, even oh. like, yeah, yeah, like last year, like Angelina made some fake idols and was called a villain. This year, Devin's does it, and it's really funny. Um, you know yeah. what? What are? Why are you pinpointed as emotional when clearly a lot of people out there were emotional at different times in the game, but nobody really labeled them as such. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're like dead on there because there were times, like obviously, besides just at that tribal council that you saw, there were moments in the game that I was just crying. You know, tears would just start coming down my face if I was like sitting around the campfire. You know, I had some real lows. You know, at certain points of the game, it's when the starvation really set in, and I started thinking about my kids and my husband back at home and not knowing how they were doing. And I do think being like a mom, like, kind of does put it on another level when you're out there, like that you have these children that, like, uh, they, you know, there are other parents in the game, of course, but like a lot of the people, you know, are young, they're single, and they don't have that element to it. So I was very emotional, but at the same time. There's, I think I saw almost every person, almost, not everybody, yeah. cry at right. some point in the game, whether they were crying to me, like, or they, I saw them crying, and we, it was a group of people talking, you know, every person, and I'm the one that gets labeled as being emotional, because I do think of who, it's who I am, you know, I'm the 46-year-old woman out there, and I hate to say it, but I do think that there are stereotypes in Survivor, and when a woman plays a very aggressive game, like you said, Angelina did on 37, mm -hmm. it's not looked upon highly. But if a woman is playing a subtle game or more of a social game, then that's not really looked upon as a game-winning move either. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why, you know, when I guess it was Rick or whoever was talking about, like, calling, like, that these are all goats, you know, Everybody has their own game, and you're, you know, you might see one thing or something that they do that immediately puts that stereotype in your head. And I think a lot of people wrote me off. Maybe the first time they saw tears in my eyes, they're mm -hmm. like, "Okay, she's the crier, she's the mom, <laughs> right. she's losing it out here." Mm -hmm. You know, I do think there's a little bit of that that that, that goes on for mm -hmm. sure. You know, the other thing too, everybody's talking about is, you know, everybody's calling this a controversial finish because of uh of chris you said you you've it's taken you 18 years to get on the show so you're clearly a fan of the game and, and you know a survivor mm -hmm. you know a survivor purist um what are your overall thoughts i know it's hard being in the game and being so close to it but it, it, does it bother you in any way that we now have a, a sole survivor who ha at some point in the game had his torch snuffed you know it's first of all like i i congratulate chris i do feel like you know when he got back into the game, he made a lot of great moves. 
He put a lot of bullets on his resume. Um, and if the jury decided, you know, that they find that he's the most deserving, then so be it. Like, I, I totally applaud Chris. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from him, first of all. He's a great guy, sure. and he, he, he did some great things out there. But, yes, at the same time, you know, it's, it's hard because somebody who was voted out on – he was the third voted out. I forget if it was, mm-hmm. like, day eight. Yep. I don't know what day. You know, and comes back and has five more days in the game – then I think Gavin even said it at the final tribal. That's not really survivor. Right. I mean, I guess our season is a just different type of survivor. And Chris played with the game he was dealt. But, you know, it does feel a little strange to me that he's someone that spent uh, 20-something days with the jury out there, mm-hmm. bonding, fishing. They had nothing to do but sit around and talk. Right. And I almost wonder if they, they got this mentality like of whoever came back, I right. wonder if that person like would have won, depending on who they were sitting next to. Obviously, I mean, I, I don't think any of us could have beaten Rick, <laughs> but I think that you know there was this mentality of like we've been through this together. Those people have never even been here, and um, I think Gavin and I had a really like uphill road to you know to travel to try and beat Chris at that point. And I'm not sure I realized it when he first got back, when Chris first got back. Right. I feel like, you know, I thought I was happy. I was like, oh, great. This is the guy that got voted out third. <laughs> like, there's not, he's not going to win. He's barely been in the game more than by the end. If he gets sure. to day 39, maybe, I forget, 12 days, whatever it was. So, like, I thought, oh, I definitely want to sit next to him. Right. And I didn't realize at the time, like, wait a minute. that's not, and, and the fact, honestly, the fact that he was given an immunity idol uh, coming back making it to the final six on day 35, but being given an idol, like I get that Rick was, you know, that's on day 17. But I mean, I, I understand they did, the, they had to do the same thing for Chris, but something about it just feels like a little, a little too much for me. Sure. Yeah. That's a lot at that point in the game. Um, were you, you know, somebody else I, I saw today said something like had, had the person that came back into the game been a bigger target, like a Kelly Wentworth or, you know, even Joe, uh, then that would have been, that would have made them an instant threat when they came back into the game. Whereas Chris, because like you said, nobody really knew him. He was voted out early. He wasn't perceived as a threat when he first got back into the game. Um, do you, do you agree with that? Like depending on who came back, it would have been obviously treated differently. Right. Like, you mean like if, um, Joe or Kelly came back, would we have voted them out, tried to vote them off right away. Yeah, first, seen them differently than you yeah. did Chris, yeah. Um, probably. Um, you know, it's hard to say because I think that it depends. It, I think it really does depend on the, who the person was. Yeah, I did have this mindset like, okay, what has Chris possibly, you know, done? Nobody even really knows him as a player yeah. at this point, you know, because he didn't make it to the merge. He didn't, you know, so nobody even, there was no real game. You mm-hmm. know, he got blindsided and voted out. That was his game. So, yeah, like, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way, but I think it would have made a difference. Although, I guess that person would have reached out immediately to Rick no matter what. And Rick and that person would have known, like, about that idol that they're, you know, that they find in their bag when they get to the island. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that idol still would have been in play. Rick still, you know, had his idol. So it still could have ended in this, you know, I'm not sure that person would have actually gone home first, but I do think you're right. Like nobody saw Chris as being a threat to sit with at the end. This I, is, and, yeah. and 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was just going to say it's, it's, this is a th- hypothetical, so it, it might be hard to answer, but I guess what I'm getting at too is if, if let's say you're on the jury, um, do you vote for someone to win uh, like a Gavin or whoever else might be in that position over Chris simply because he had been voted out before? Or, or do you feel like Chris's story was really something that you would have latched onto too as a jury member? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I feel like I know a little bit, like I, I was with Gavin, like, most of the time in the game, I mean, we were we were off the we weren't on the same tribe during mm-hmm. the tribe swap just for that short period. But you know, I saw Gavin's complete gameplay, and I did see the moves he was making, and I saw him in challenges. And that's something like obviously the jury does like once you're voted out on the edge of extinction, like you're not watching the challenges, you're not seeing how people are competing, mm-hmm. you're not in on any of the conversations. You're only getting now information that whoever's voted off next is telling you and who even knows that that information is biased or accurate. So if I, you know, knowing Gavin and knowing his gameplay um, and watching him throughout the game, like I think I probably, I would have voted for Gavin, you know, just, I I wouldn't have known anything about Chris, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard because like, even like take Reem, like, Gavin and I still had yet to ever speak to Reem, and she was a jury member voting, right. you know, for the winner. And she spent like her entire time with Chris on Manu and then on the edge of extinction. Right. So, you know, it's it's tricky to me. You know, I, I don't – I am I – am, I think I am surprised. I'm not surprised that I didn't win, and I'm not surprised, you know, at my lack of votes. It would have been nice to get one vote. Yeah, right. It was a little disappointing, but, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm all good with it. And – I think that it, I was surprised it wasn't more even um, sure. with between Gavin and Chris. Sure. But but I guess there's you know Gavin kind of burned a lot of bridges and I think who knows like how how people you know if they're still bitter and how that plays into it you know in their voting like I don't think I would have been that type of jury member like I'm just not, I'm not a bitter person and I don't think I would have held it against him if he had blindsided me. You know, it's difficult, too, for us uh, at home because, you know, we don't um, – I'm sure, like, after the finale, you, you're you conversing and you're talking to the, the other people. I don't I'm, I don't know how mm-hmm. much game you guys are talking or if you guys are all just hanging out and partying or whatever. But, like, when, when you say that you played a subtle game and that's why you, you didn't win or, you know, you, you know, they were emotional, were these things that – um, you were being told like by people like in person, like, you know, from the jury members after the finale last night, they were telling you like, Hey, this is why we didn't vote for you. Or are these things oh, that you're projecting yeah. on yourself? Um, I'm a, I guess it's, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of both, but not so much. Um, not so much that they, somebody came up to me and flat out told me, this is why I didn't vote for you. Mm-hmm. Um, people actually, after the, um, you know, we saw the final tribal council air. They were, they were like, wow, like I forgot how great that speech was you made at the end and Hmm. you really did a great job. And even honestly, like, I think it was after the actual final tribal and Chris, Gavin and I got back to Ponderosa and we were able to like sit there and I was eating like the biggest bowl of ice cream (laughs) you've ever seen. And I think people were like putting like, they were like, here, here, let us help you. And they were putting like peanut butter and like (laughs) Snicker bars and pretzels on it. They're like, we've been eating this for like the last five days. So, like, I was eating, and a lot of people were coming over to me and saying, like, oh, you did a really, really great job. Like, I was really impressed with how you carried yourself at Final Tribal. I mean, obviously, like, Final Tribal goes on for, like, two hours yeah. at least, and you 
used to be a very small part of it. So there was a lot of things that I felt like I said that were really good that didn't make it on air. But um, it was really nice because it gave me a great feeling that people were like saying like, you did a great job. But it was almost like you did a great job, but like I still, I kind of knew where they were going with it, and they were like, it was almost like I'm, so, but I'm sorry, I still couldn't vote for right, you, right. even though they didn't outright say that. Um, it, you know, I saw where it was going, so I, I already knew, um, I already knew, and maybe it's more, also just watching the season play out like you know and seeing the edit and seeing that tribal council and seeing things people were saying about me like maybe that's now giving me the perspective as well sure well julie i'm out of time um it was super cool to talk to you and watch you on the show uh i'm sorry thank that you, you didn't thank win you so much <laughs> and oh, uh be- best of luck to you yeah i know right uh, best of luck to you yep. thank you so much so dude last but not least of course the one the only Reem Daly voted off day three. She was the first boot. She ended up being at the finale. She got a ton of love this season from fans as kind of being the the warden of uh, Edge of Extinction. She set the tone. She made sure people didn't get there and uh, think that it was all kumbaya. And she was just one of my favorite players uh, to watch this season. I think she has a magnificent story. And I, I requested speaking to her specifically, so I'm really excited to introduce you all to my interview with Reem. Let's do it. Hi, Tom. Hi, Reem. How are you today? How's it going? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Thank you for wanting to talk to me. Yeah, I specifically requested to speak with you um, <laughs> because you just I, I was like enamored with your story, and I wanted to personally thank you just for um, everything you brought to the show this season. Oh, well, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. So let's go all the way back to the beginning and talk to me about the just the the disappointment and like the anger that you were feeling like being the first person voted off. Um, yeah, so when it, it, it all started out, honestly, when we were back at after the challenge and we went back to camp. And, you know, everybody at then is like, so what's going on? And everybody starts kind of chatting it up. And, yes, it's true. I was trying to I, – I had heard through the grapevine that, hey, let's get rid of the return players. So I thought, yeah, dude, let's do it. I understand you're interested and you're interested. And, you know, I, I thought that there was a rally around let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I was wrong. Like I thought I had Keith. I thought I, I knew I had Wendy. Um, I, you know, it's funny watching it back now and seeing what's up, but at the time, um, I, I didn't really think that I was in jeopardy. I knew that, that David Wright was on the fence cause I was actually trying to work with him. Um, but the minute Wendy was like, yo, they're voting you out. I was like, what? Mm. And that's like, at that point, that was, it was like all or nothing when the minute she told me that. So sure. Um, it was just like my, my heart was broken. I was so mad. I was so disappointed. I just, I, I just saw my whole, like all my dreams of, you know, leaving my family, leaving my job, just leaving everything behind, just coming to a, a, a fast crash into a big brick wall. Like I was so already devastated. Now I have to go wait 
mm-hmm. in silence, you know, because you have to wait before you go to tribal council. And I was just sitting there getting madder and madder and madder. And then the minute, as you see, you get to tribal, Jeff's like, you look annoyed. And that's, <laughs> it just went from zero to a million there. Cause I was like, y'all want to get rid of me? I'm not going out without a fight. So, mm-hmm. and then when they, I mean, it was just a nightmare, just listening to what everybody was saying to me, just, and, and like, and Jeff was like, don't you hear what they're telling you? And I felt like it was my husband talking to me. I was <laughs> like, don't you hear what I'm saying? Uh, and I was like, but, but I don't get it. You know, you, we were wet. We were cold. We were tired. Like the first few days, you just want to stay healthy and keep the morale up. And, you know, I, I didn't realize that, hey, I shouldn't be touching people's stuff. I saw it as you guys are busy doing this. Yeah, well, I'll square your stuff away. You're not even thinking about where you're hanging. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that was my my thought process, right? You were, you know, so, yeah. I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, so like you, you clearly though made the the edge of extinction your own. You set the tone there. You really made the <laughs> <laughs> you made the twist work really on the show because it just became this this thing. But um, and I I even loved how like I you know obviously the producers knew what they had there too because it, it became a thing like every episode ended with like what's Reem gonna say to the next person that gets here. <laughs> so well, imagine having the opportunity. So when I got voted out and mm-hmm. I saw that I could go either way, I was like, oh hell yeah! So I I went to the left. I didn't know what I was getting into, but you just sit there and you're mad and you're so mad and you just want to like understand and. You go through that whole cycle, like yeah. the, the remorse cycle of acceptance or whatever. It takes a while to get to acceptance, actually. You're yep. just mad, and then you question it, all that stuff. And then people start showing up, and you're like, oh, wait, you I don't think you can vote me off here. I can say whatever the hell I want. And they show up all bent out of shape that they got voted off, and you're like, I don't care how you feel. Guess how I felt, dude? So busy with yourself. This is how you made other people feel. So there was a million percent satisfaction in being able to let them know sucks for you, but that's how I felt, you know, like, so it, it was great. And I, I waited for each and every person almost to show up so I could give my, you know, my piece. Cause a lot of people get voted out and they just sit there bitter waiting for the day to meet them. That day could be the reunion. Right. That they could be at Ponderosa. Well, lucky me. That day wasn't too far down the road for a lot of these people. <laughs> and and it wasn't like after I told them how I felt, because I saw they were bummed out too. You know, we're good after that because luckily there is still a chance to get back in the game, right? Right. But I was sure as heck going to give them hell if they showed up to let them know, well, that's how you made me feel. doesn't feel good, does it, you know? Well, that, that was what I was going to ask, too. It was like, so, you know, from the viewer's perspective, it, it was clear that you kind of, you know, were – you didn't want people to get to Edge of Extinction and think that they had a bunch of friends there or, or feel comfortable right away. <laughs> but then the episode would end. Um, was that kind of the tone there at – like the whole time you guys were out there or was it more like that was kind of, you were given, like you said, giving them shit at first. And then it was kind of like settle into like, Hey, it's cool, bro. Well, <laughs> well at first, yeah, you've been waiting for this person to light them up or save your peace at least. And I'm not like, I can't be fakey fakey and act like everything's cool. If I have something to say, I just want to clear the air. And then after that, you know, we're good. I get it. You're bummed out too. Right. But guess what? Just so you know, this is how other people felt, too. I don't understand why you had to behave the way you did towards me. You don't even know me. Mm -hmm. So, 
yes, I would say what I wanted to say. And then afterwards, I'm not here to make your, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but you're 100% going to know this is how I felt. And I'm sure other people are going to give, like, don't think you're showing up here. And it's just like, hey, we're on vacation now. No, dude, this isn't fun land at all. <laughs> Welcome to hell. And this is what you're going to have to deal with, too. Was there any point where where it wasn't about getting back into the game for you, but it was more about, like, I'm just not going to give up? Like, more of a personal thing as opposed to, like, I want to win the game still? I mean, I'm a realist, right? Look who I was up against. Um, <laughs> I, I, every time there was a clue and we'd had to race to the clue, I, I never ever found the clues. I never solved their Rumpelstiltskin riddles. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm stupid, but it, it's just, you know, I'm not – they're going to beat me to race to something where there's a clue. They are. They're, they're faster than me. They're stronger than me. They're younger than me. But I was sure as heck not – going to give up because at the end of the day I had to face my family and I just I never wanted them to be like man you, you could have tried a little harder I didn't want that you know I'd rather have them laugh at me at the end challenge uh -huh. trying than me not trying at all so yeah I mean did, realistically did I think I was going to win a challenge and make it back in no but you never knew what that challenge what if that challenge was simply can you sit here as long as humanly possible Right. I could have killed it on that. Sure. What if it was like just some easy thing where you just had to hold? I mean, you never know what these challenges are. You never know. Uh -huh. So it, it could have maybe been something I could have won. So why not hold out and see what's up? I, I was not going to give up. I was not really. I wasn't going to give anybody the satisfaction of having one less person to deal with. Period. Something else that bothered me about this season too, going back to the first episode, is so like. According to the CBS, you know, stats or whatever, I, I don't know this for sure, but it says you're 46 years old, right? That you you were, we've seen players out there that have been in their 70s and stuff like that. You're you're 46, which is not old, but you you were kind of rolled out as like the elder stateswoman with all these younger people. Um, do you do you think that there's a real problem with you know the connection of like how the casts are getting younger and how you know it's harder sometimes for people that are older to connect with those people? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I was talking a big game prior saying I like hanging out with younger people. Blah, and I actually do. You know, I have a lot of, um, I, like, Julia and I connect a million percent. Wendy and I, Keith and I. I mean, I'm friends with everyone on the cast, but I've never had an issue um, connecting with younger people. Now, if they're talking about stuff I just don't care about or <laughs> I think is petty or I'm not going to engage, but at the same time, there have been several Survivor seasons where there are people of all ages on one tribe. You know, I just happened to have trumped everybody in age, unfortunately. So, yeah. it, you know what? It, it is what it is. It, it's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, I'm not mad about anything. I, I was chosen for something I had dreamed about for years. I got picked on my first try. I met some really great people. I made my family proud. That one of the things that stinks about this is my husband and I would constantly be like, "Oh, you get voted out first. I'm like, "No way, you would. No, you. No. <laughs> now he he probably could have stuck around longer. I think. I don't think he would have gotten voted out first. Um, Nobody wants a mom out there, right? But you don't think like that, right? Um, 
Well, you know, the other thing too I want to ask you about was in terms of the how the game kind of ended. Um, you were visibly like cheering for uh, Chris there. It looked like it th- during the fire challenge. Um, w- w- there was kind of a thought right now that it that it didn't matter who came back from Edge of Extinction, like whoever did come back, that if they were at the end of the game, they were gonna get the votes from the jury. Did you feel that? Like, it was that the vibe at no. the Edge? No, that's not true. I mean, let's give Chris some credit here, okay? Mm-hmm. That kid was out there almost as long as I was. He was like, what, five days short of being out there as long as me. Mm-hmm. He provided huge while we were out there. He wasn't like, you know, a slacker by any means. When he got back into the game, he had, I mean, he did the outwit, outsmart. He got an idol off of Lauren. He had Rick play the second half. I mean, Rick was very um, loyal to have done that, but mm-hmm. that unfortunately hurt him, right? Right. I mean, he did some things once he got back in. I didn't just vote for him because I hung out with him forever. Chris and I got on each other's last darn nerve out there. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. We were tired. We were hungry. We fought constantly. But at the end of the day, I had mad respect for him. He took off that necklace and fought for what, you know, fought to let people know that, hey, I deserve this. And who does that? I mean, he was locked and loaded, and he gave it away. Mm-hmm. That, to me, was so impressive. Like, I was so proud of him for that, you know? Sure. Was part, I mean, if, yeah. if just anybody went back in, didn't do what he did, no. I mean, that's, that's not cool. I mean, I didn't – you didn't see me saying – like, I everybody would show up at the edge and talk about what everybody's gameplay was and what they thought about everybody – and so it's not like we didn't know anything. We knew who was doing what and what was going on. I mean, there was a huge chatter around the fire the night before the what we thought would be the final challenge because we really didn't know what the heck was going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, wait, what do you think of this? I mean, we went through each player that was left going over their games with people that had been with them from the beginning. So it's kind of not fair to say we didn't know anything we knew the inside line, whether we played with them specifically or not, we knew exactly what was happening. And there was no quote-unquote favoritism. If Gavin would have won it and did that, it's like if things just changed. I mean, this is – I get it that people are mad that he was voted out and came back in, but guess what? A lot of the, the other two folks, and absolutely no disrespect to them, but they made it to the merge with ever even having to go to tribal. Like, right. they were never even right. – how do they know they wouldn't have been voted out early? You know what I mean? Right. No, that's a good point. I mean, who knows Who knows what would have happened at different times? I mean, I, I knew Gavin didn't have votes against him. I, you, It's not like you don't know what's going on just because you're not there. And the game is called Edge of Extinction. So I'm sorry if you don't like the twist, but that's the twist. And you get the cards you're dealt with. And lucky for you, you even got to play. So I really, I hope that no one's bitter about any of that. And I hope that they are proud of the winner because he deserved it. He really deserved it. So well, Reem, I have no regrets on that vote. Th- this was uh, super cool getting a chance to chat with you again. Thank you so much. Um, my time is, is running out here. Uh, but, yeah, thanks yeah, for no, making thank this you. season, you know, what it was. And, uh, uh you know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm sure that you feel the love, uh, too, as the season progressed. I'm sure that you felt um, vindicated for, for having lasted and, and how people have reacted to everything. Well, I'm just uh, – I, I appreciate everything that you're saying, and I'm just happy to have made my family proud because 
at the end of the day, that's all that really matters, right? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Yep. Uh, take it easy. Best of luck to you, Reem. Thanks so much. Have a good day. All right. You too. Well, there you have it. Hopefully that's some insight from not only myself, but from uh, the people that I just interviewed. And uh, you know what? I hope that everybody still loves love Survivor. I do. I'm just worried about it. That's the truth. Looking forward to season 39. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very worried, and I'm not sh- quite sure how this is going to play off uh, with this whole mentor thing. Just I have a bad, bad, bad feeling about this. But I hope I'm wrong. I will be back, though, of course. Uh, some other news, too. Uh, not official, but I might be uh, recapping another reality show this summer. Uh, everybody's favorite summer reality show for Reality T. And uh, if that news breaks, I will be sure to bring it to you. But uh, I might not be, uh, you know, out of the, I might not be completely gone again until September. So you might hear from me here and there. Uh, also, yeah, just keep tuned to this podcast. You can find this podcast. We're on iTunes. Uh, the Film Survivor Podcast is on iTunes, also on Podbean. And, of course, it links out of my articles on Reality T. And uh, just, you know, subscribe to it. And every time we do a new podcast, I don't know how often that might be, but you will be notified. And then, again, I want you guys to check out Movie Show Plus. Uh, it's a really cool, it's a 30-minute show. It's all about movies. We do celebrity interviews. There's movie reviews, features, everything to deal with movies, and, and more. And, net, you know, uh, streaming, Netflix, Hulu, everything to deal with movies. So check out MovieShowPlus.com. Uh, yeah. You guys can also follow me on Instagram if you want. Uh, my Instagram handle is at uh, FilmSurvivor. So check me out there. Whew. We're going into Island of the Idols. Let's hope that it's a good thing. I don't know that it is. From there, we go to Season 40. And uh, we'll have to see <laughs> if people are still caring by then. Um, one other quick note is if you check out Reality T today, I'm going to be putting out my up updated rankings every season that I've been covering Survivor. I've put out a rankings list of my most memorable seasons as well as the all-time winners list. I might have spoiled for you where I think Chris Underwood falls on that winners list, but uh, you can nonetheless check out that article and check out the article uh, about uh, where I think that the Edge of Extinction season as a whole ranks amongst all of the other Survivor seasons as far as being the most memorable. I really, really appreciate all of your guys' support with my written work and also listening to this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the season. I sure did all the way up to the end, and then uh, it just kind of fell flat. And like I said, we went over it. You guys know. But I did enjoy it. I liked I liked the season. I, I do love Survivor. I love the interaction and talking to you guys through social media so please, uh, again, give me your support and show me uh, your comments and let me know what you guys think of everything that just happened. We will be back at some point here on the Film Survivor Podcast, but I thank you so much for tuning in this time. Spread this around if you can, too. Help, help a brother out. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there, guys. We will maybe talk to you this summer. If not, see you in the fall. Tom Santilli out. <laughs>